I like the castles. How about you? Yes. Well, I'm so excited about our children joining us as we've been doing these last few weeks and just imagining what heaven is going to be like. And we can imagine for the rest of our lives and we'll never quite get there. Listen to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2. No eye has ever seen this. No one has ever heard about it. No one has ever imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. I love that old song, I Can Only Imagine. And in so many ways, that's true. You know, I really appreciate the discussions we've been having the last few weeks as we've been diving into some what I call holy speculation. And hopefully in the middle of this speculation, we've shown some theological humility that we might not all be right, but how fun just to dream about it. Paul is taken up one time into heaven, and he said he saw things that were inexpressible. And actually, he was told by God he was not permitted to tell us about it. I guess our brains were just not ready. But when we get to the revelation of John, John is told things that he is to share with us. So today I would say, I can more than imagine. There, there's some specific things in John where John is going to say, this is what heaven is like. Because here, here's the deal, guys. The more we know about heaven, the more desire we're going to have to go there. And so today, as we look at John's writings in Revelation 21 and 22, we're going to be looking at what's not there. What does John not see? And I'm convinced this morning, if I can teach you and we can learn together what's not there, just what's not there would be enough to make you want to go, right? You ever been going to a family event or a party, you know, and in the car, you know, just you and your spouse, and you're saying, you know, I hope they don't serve that food again. (laughs) Or or I hope Uncle So-and-so's not there this year. Don't look at me like you're spiritual, like you've never thought that, all right? And you walk in the room, you know, and it's like, oh, good, they're not there. That's not there. Well, guys, heaven is like a billion times better than that. So let's dive right into Revelation 21. Let's look at verse 1 and verse 4 there. Uh, John says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. We'll talk about the significance of that in a moment. And then there's four, it's worth the whole message. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Can you imagine living in a place where none of those things ever show up forever? And then later in chapter 21, he gets a little bit more detailed. Verse 22. I saw no temple in the city, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is its light. The nations will walk in its light. The kings of the world will enter in the city in all their glory. Its gates will never be closed at the end of the day, because there is no night there. And all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. Listen to this. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty. 
but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Heaven is a place with no evil. Can you imagine? And then in chapter 22, and if you will look at a section, in my Bible, it's, it's labeled Eden Restored. If you were listening closely last week, we said Eden was not destroyed. It was just barred from men. And here, this sort of fits the idea I've been trying to present over the last few weeks, is in the long run, we will come back to this earth to a restored Eden where everything God ever dreamed for mankind is going to happen. Listen to what he says. Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down to the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit, with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. Listen closely. No longer will there be a curse upon anything. Listen to me. Ever since the fall in the garden, ever since sin entered the world, you and I have lived in a cursed world. That's why everything is never exactly the way we hoped it would be. For the throne of God and the Lamb will be there and his servants will worship him and they will see his face and his name will be written on their foreheads and there will be no night there, no need for lamps or sun for the Lord himself will shine on them and they will reign forever and ever. My friends, I believe when you enter heaven, there's going to be a sign over heaven's gate that has two words, no more. There's just so many things that will not exist in heaven. If I real quickly look at a list of some of the things that we've just watched. If you're taking notes today, I would encourage you, just, just circle a couple of those right now that you go, wow, that really excites me. Man, it excites me that Satan will not be there. You may be living in pain today. Oh, my goodness. Just circle that one. To live in a place where I don't have to endure any more pain. That's just absolutely amazing. There's just some things that will not be there. In fact, we asked our children when we were taping them, what will not be in heaven? Listen real quickly as they give us their spin on this. Tears. Money. The bad people, maybe. Cigarettes. Criminals. Be doubtful. And bad people. Probably ugly stuff. That doesn't... That God doesn't like. Uh, Satan and sins and sadness and all that stuff. Pretty good job, didn't they? They named a lot of things right there in Scripture. Now, they did add, you know, cigarettes and money and ugly stuff. I'd say amen to that, wouldn't you? Yeah, what a list. They're just these things that will not be there. And so today what I want to present to you is some things you will never hear or ever say in heaven. And as we go through this, I hope what this does is it gives you a hunger and a vision of what heaven will be like that makes you make whatever changes you need to here on this earth right now. First of all, you will never hear, I fear the worst. Never hear, I fear the worst. How many of us live in constant fear every day? 
Now, one of the words we didn't highlight that was a big deal to people in ancient days was there would be no more sea. He's not trying to say in heaven you'll never go to the Gulf Coast and go to the beach. What he's saying there is ancient people were terrified of the sea. Back in chapter 13, he talks about the dragon comes out of the sea. Ancient people believed the monsters came out of the sea. What they understood is they knew a lot of people who went into the sea and never came back. That was ancient people's greatest fear. And when we get to heaven, there will be no more fear. Some of us live in the fear of crime or the fear of what's about to happen with our economy or the fear of where my health is going or the fear of other people which drives racism. You know, we all have had those moments where we, we felt in fear when Stephanie and I moved in the house we live in now about a year and a half ago. Like the second week we were there, our house was broken into. And, and they took, basically took some jewelry and some things that meant a lot to us sentimentally. That's about all they took. Later, the, the guy was caught in Tuscaloosa in Nick Saban's neighborhood. So it made me feel better he only targeted important people. <laughs> because the biggest thing that burglar stole from us was not the jewelry or sentimental watch. It was our sense of security. It's what makes you put up security cameras. It's what makes you keep lights on. It's what makes you lock all your doors double. Because you lose that sense of security. And guys, here's the great thing. In heaven, there will be no burglar alarms. There will be no security system. Listen to this. There will be no TSA security lines. Amen? There there will be no vaccines. I figured a core of you would go crazy. There will be no prisons. There will be no cancer wards. There will be, this is what I love, no red light cameras. <laughs> and guess what? There will be no locks on the doors because the gates will never be closed. Second, what you'll never hear in heaven is there is never enough time. Do you, do you feel that? We, we, we all live on such incredible time pressure. You've got the next deadline. You've got the next meeting. You've got the next set of ball games your kids are in because the playoffs are starting. And you're always running from one place to another. There's always that pressure of time. I'm going to tell you what ruins my Sundays. As good as I may feel like this morning goes, at some point this afternoon, I'm going to face the fact that I got another sermon next Sunday. I mean, I got to get this thing going again. And I know where you live and where you work, you have the same situation, especially in your relationships. There's not a day pass where you don't think, I cheated someone. I didn't return that email or that text. I didn't make that call. I didn't spend time with the friend. I feel like I neglected some of my family. And you live with that sense of, you know, I just, I just cheated someone because there's only so much time. You will never have that sense in heaven. You see, in earth, every good thing comes to an end. Every experience, every relationship at some point comes to an end. In heaven, that will not be true. I love the old hymn, when we've been there 10,000 years, 
bright shining as the sun. We've no, no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Amen? Isn't that awesome? Number three, you'll never have to say, my bad. Wouldn't that be great? Guys, we live in a fallen world. We live in fallen bodies. We have a sin nature. And I think I can answer for you. I know I can answer for me. I am always less than what I should be. I rarely give God or other people all I want to or should. We all, we all, we all blow things, right? I, mean, I really appreciated y'all being so patient with me when I ran in the door facing and split my head wide open. It was so cool that y'all said nothing to me in the lobby. What a lie. I mean, you, you, just, you, you just were patient. And, that, and, and I will admit to you, that was a really stupid thing to do. I should have cut some lights on. Because I do things a whole lot worse than that. I don't just do stupid things. I do sinful things. How about you? And, and when we get to heaven, there's never going to be that moment where you're going to have to say, my bad, I blew it just yesterday. You know, I, I scheduled a scheduling conflict where I planned to go here and we'd also planned to go there. And I had some people upset and I just, I just had to say, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, my bad. I just didn't think it through well. My bad. How many of you ever have to say my bad? Raise your hand, all right? Would you do this right now just to prepare for the afternoon? Turn to your spouse and say my bad. Okay, you're going to need that later today, okay? Just go ahead and say it. Because, guys, we all have those moments where we don't come through the way we should. And let me tell you, if you didn't say that to your spouse if you've not learned to say that yet, some of you young couples we just saw, you're going to have a terrible marriage. I mean, you've got to learn to say, I, I found out, you know, if I think I'm 5% wrong, say, my bad. Now, you notice Stephanie's not here today, okay? She, she'll be here late, sir. Uh, my bad. Just, just shouldn't have said that. Just learn to say it. But here's the great thing. There will come a day when you're going to be made perfect and you will never have to say, my bad. You will see Jesus face to face and Scripture says you will be just like him. That's crazy. Number four, boy, it's a big one. You're never going to have to hear someone just passed away. Just heard yesterday a dear friend, member of this church for many years, Ron Jaworski passed away. The most important no more in heaven is no more death. You see, this life constantly reminds us of our mortality. Birth defects, glasses, hearing aids, medication. Anybody notice these beautiful spring days? How much more sore you are now after working in the yard than you would have been 20 years ago? <laughs> 20 years ago, you might have been sore for a few hours. 10 years ago, it might have lasted for a couple of days. Now, you're down for the month. We're all reminded of our mortality. I like the story of a famous pianist, Joseph Huffman. In his old age, he was asked by someone, Are you still composing? His answer was, no, I'm decomposing. <laughs> and guys, the truth of Scripture is we're all decomposing. On the new earth, God will put to death, death. 
Listen to Revelation 21, 14. The, there will be no more death. I like a quotation I saw this week. One author was talking about in America, every year, 600,000 people die of cancer. And here's what he said. But in heaven, God will slay death and its crazy cousin cancer. Don't you yearn for that day? Number five, we will never hear or never have to say, will this be over? How many times in your life, I mean, will will I ever get past this illness? Will I ever get past this depression? Will I ever get these relationships in my family back on track? Will I ever find the job I really want? Will I ever get married? Will I ever have children? Will I ever... You fill in the blank. Let me give you two prominent examples going on in the news right now. I think of the country of Ukraine. How could they not say, will this ever be over? Because this is the part of their history. Joseph Stalin in the 1940s, most people don't know this about history. He starved to death 10 million Ukrainians. Joseph Stalin actually killed more people than Adolf Hitler. 10 million. And today they've met the reincarnation of Joseph Stalin and Vladimir Putin and they're experiencing it all over again. If you're living in Ukraine, wouldn't you just say, how much longer would this go on? 1973, the U.S. Supreme Court in Roe versus Wade legalized abortion. Since that day, there have been 57 million abortions in America. That's 10 times the amount of people killed in Ukraine during that famine. What will heaven mean for millions of children whose lives on this earth were stolen from them who now get to live in the fullness of life? And while we're dreaming... Can you imagine the reuniting of repentant mothers with their children? That's what heaven's going to be like, guys. And I know in your life right now, there's probably something that you're asking, God, how long will this keep going on? And here's the answer is how long will one day turn into no longer? And then just one more question you'll never say, never have to hear is, where's God? You ever feel like in this life that God has socially distanced from you? Or that he doesn't hear you? Or if he does hear you, he never answers you? All great men and women of God have gone through those phases in their life where they just felt like God was silent or not there. Read the Psalms. Now, we're so blessed because we have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's that deposit. It's God living in us every day. But it also is a reminder that we aren't quite in full fellowship with God until we see Jesus face to face. 
That's why in Revelation 21, we found that out there would be no temple. No temple. Why? Because everybody's got full access to God. In the temple, there was all kinds of layers of access. You're furthest away if you are a Gentile. You're further away if you're a woman, uh, you're a Gentile, a woman, a man, a priest. And finally, the only guy that really gets to go in the presence of God is the holy priest, the high priest who goes in once a year at risk of his life. Heaven will not be that way, my friends. Heaven will be a place where just as the restored Eden, we walk in the cool of the garden in perfect fellowship with God. Well, I know we've gone real quickly this morning, but I hope all just these no mores will make it worth it for you to focus your life on things above. Next week we'll go past the no mores, we'll go no more but this. But let me say this as we close. Your journey to heaven starts with no more. Because here's who God works in. Here's who comes to Christ. It's people who are broken. It's people who know they're messed up. That's why the beatitude starts off with blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who weep. It it talks about all those things. Why? Because when you finally are going to come to God is when there's been so much in your life where you go, I'm just sick and tired of this pain. I'm just sick and tired of these conflicts. I'm just sick and tired of not being able to pay my bills. I'm just sick and tired of it. Guys, real change happens when you're sick and tired of being what? Sick and tired. When you finally get to a place of brokenness where you go, you know what? Life's not working. I do live on a fallen earth. I'm a fallen person. I'm a screwed up sinful person. And something needs to change. That's when things begin to change. And that's why today, if you've come to our assembly today, and and things are not going right in your life, if you've come to our assembly today and you know things are not good, if, if you're feeling deeply today, you live in a fallen, messed up world, then this is your chance to get it right. Listen, my friends, I think I finally understand why Jesus said, it is difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And basically, guys, that's every one of us in here. Why is it so difficult for us to enter the kingdom of God? Because we have enough resources often to numb the pain, to temporarily fill the hole, to maybe even delay death, to buy happiness for a moment. And so, guys, our riches come against us because we seek to sort of create this heaven on earth and numb the pain and go do something fun so I don't have to think about what's going on. And, and guys, that's why it's so hard for rich people to go to heaven because we never stop and think, life is this bad. And, man, i got to have God. And I'm sick and tired of living on this earth. And I want to go to a place where we're anxiety and depression and all the things we're played with are no more. That's when it changes. Just listen to me. Listen closely. 
The world can offer you none of these things. Only God. The world can't tell you no more death. The world can't say no more pain. The world can't say no more tears. That's why I'm telling you guys, you need to respond to the message and the good news of Jesus Christ. Because he is the only one who can promise all those things will be gone. And instead of just temporarily numbing the pain, why don't you come to reality is that you need God. Can you imagine if, if, if we could put some signs out on top of these doors when you walk in this worship center and they're honest and they're true and it would really happen. Walk in these doors, there will be no more depression. Walk in these doors, there'll be no more anxiety. Walk in these doors, there'll be no more sickness. Walk in these doors and you'll never have to shed another tear. How full do you think this place would be today? We'd be needing to build new facilities. We'd need to overrun into the Life Center. Because if people really believe that, and they could walk through these doors, and that would happen, people would call, people would walk, they would drive from far distances just to get into this place. And what I'm telling you is that there is a place where all of that is true, where all of those things are no more. I'm asking you, are you headed in that direction? I guarantee most of you are, and praise God. But some of you, you're sitting here, when I talk about being messed up, when I talk about hurting, when I talk about life not being right, you know it's you. Why don't you do something about it today? If you've not followed Jesus, come to the front of this room. You can be buried with Christ in baptism, give a brand new life, and own your way to heaven. If you've gotten off track and you need the prayers of this church to go for what's important, stop making these silly excuses. Stop blaming other people. Say, I want this. <laughs> it's the greatest thing you ever do. Let's stand together, celebrate, and if you need to come, come right now.